Blog Talk Radio. Alright. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host is and the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio Theme, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at TumbleweedsHealthCenter.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. We hope you can hear our little theme song back there. My uh, video cord broke after what almost seven years. Yeah, it I think put in its time. It, it did put in its time. Speaking of time, we've got a really cool interview today. Yeah. Speaking of time, yeah, a little bit of magic. Get ready to get get in, your, get in your mind today. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday. February 27th for the bestie. I can't even believe it. Can you believe it? I know. I know. Or out of your mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh. oh wait a minute. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, March is this weekend. March is Friday, bestie. I'm going to get you again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing how fast the June Yeah, maybe our guest can tell us about why time is going so quickly. I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we got pushed for any of you. So I actually did a, a little uh, essay uh, back in college about time and how we kind of perceive it. Oh, and just it's a little snippet of the essay was uh, talking about, you know, when you go on a long road trip. And the, and the way that I kind of explained it was, you're going to Grandma's house. Okay. You've been to Grandma's house a million, a million times. times. Right. But wow. the way that we perceive it is how excited you are about it. Mm. It can make your trip longer, longer or shorter. shorter. Yeah. You are really the yeah. driver in that. In how you, and that's how we're supposed, I really do think this is, how we as humans are supposed to be learning. Like we perceive time in certain ways, but when when time is, mm, uh, well, it interacts through all parts of our life. Right. So, but it's, a, but in a sense, it's kind of a fictional thing that we had to make up. It is because who gave us 24 hours in a day? We did. Right. And who we gave us seven it. days in a week? We created it. How many days we have in a year? We created Thank it. Thank you, Mayans, or whoever yeah. did. <laughs> well, we as humans created it. The beings. The beings here so, on the earthly beings did it. When, I, when yeah. Bell Star sent me um, 
our our next person that we're going to be interviewing this morning. It was uh, really yeah. really exciting because it really does take us to and we talk a, different a part. lot about different claims. You know, because it's not just this. You know, well, we believe that it's not just you know where we are right now. Right. Like this and the thing. tangible things around. Yeah, us. And, yeah, and the things. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to touch things. I know. Right? I, the I, things. I like, hey, yeah, I'm a sign language girl, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm touching. You know, she's like, get off the computer. <laughs> So we're just, okay, so let's give a couple yes. shout-outs because we're excited to get to our guest, and I'm sure he's chomping a bit going, I want to say something. Okay, so hold on one minute, and we'll get you on air. And we're just waiting to announce it, and I'm going to do a brief introduction for you. We like to give a shout-out to Tumbleweeds Health Center, woo-woo, at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. Just come down, get some mm-hmm. CBD, get some accessories. Get some education. Just come say hello. Come mm-hmm. say hi. See our new products. We've got a lot of... Uh, Great new products, and pretty soon, probably in the next, I'd say, week or so, we got tumbleweed tinctures coming out. Our very mm-hmm. own CBD tinctures. Yes, yeah, so excited. I'm super excited about that. Super excited. 125, 250, 500, and 1,000 milligrams. And we're going to do special orders for people that need, you know, uh, higher dosages of that. CBD you know, if they um, want that. I really, actually, yeah. talking to everyone, really, everybody needs higher doses of the CBD. Because what I'm hearing from a lot of people is it's not working for me. That yeah. means you need to take more. It's like Our bodies are depleted. I, and I hate to liken it to this, but it's and I have to liken it to this because it's what most people know up until now. But it's like taking a Tylenol. You get a headache, you take one Tylenol, it's 250 milligrams or whatever it is. It didn't work. I need another one. That's 500 milligrams. Okay, that works. Same with CBD. I took three milligrams. That didn't work. I'll take seven milligrams. Hey, seven's pretty good. I'll eat a 15-milligram caramel chew. Oh, that's a good night's sleep, everybody. I'm just saying. When, and when they start off with these directions on how to, you know, take, take the product. They always tell you to take a lot more. Than, than, than directed. Yeah. I always thought um, it was the bud tenders that were talking a lot more. On the package, it actually talks a little like bit some, differently. Some of them. Do, some yeah, packages. The, the people at the dispensaries, I hate that term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people behind the counter. Behind the counter. Patient advocates. Patient Cash, advocates. Cashiers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, they tend to tell you to overdo with cannabis, and, and, you, and you really, really, really can. I've seen that a lot in my own my own puppy these last couple of weeks, sorry. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to figure out some seizure situations here. And you have to know your body. Mm-hmm. And if if five milligrams of CBD doesn't work, try a couple more. That might work. And so you're hearing the same exactly. thing I'm hearing. It's not and working. It's and not, it's, I'm not getting the results that I want. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're mm-hmm. hearing is, you know, and I also say that, sorry to interrupt, no, but if, if you're taking enough CBD and you still aren't getting the results you want, you need the full plant. Because you can get an isolate of CBD, but that's only one cannabinoid in the plant. And then you can get, um, you can get a full spectrum um, extraction, which is very different from an isolate. An isolate is very different from a full, because you get a little bit of tiny, tiny, tiny trace amount of THC in your full spectrum. Mm-hmm. So watch mm-hmm. your labeling, folks. Yeah. Watch your label. Um, and if it makes you sick, definitely take it back um, or call the company itself. Cute little hummingbird up there feeding. Squirrel. <laughs> and um, anyway. You no, know, about back to yeah. the take it back to where you got it because, mm-hmm. you know, what we're they seeing. Need to, they need to know, for one thing. 
they need to know what they're what it's happening handing out. to yeah. um, consumers of their product. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we are seeing we don't you know we are seeing a lot of companies coming out that aren't sure of actually exactly what's in their product or where it's coming from. No, they're not. And they, they just, they'll get anything, put a label on it and sell it. Um, which we've got an article today about, um, if we get to it, we're so excited about it. I guess we're going to get to an article, but if we do, there is an article out there. I think it's on high times. You can read about all the chemicals they're finding in cannabis, you know, that are not good for our systems. And, you know, and we're in taking it, um, yeah, we're ingesting, we're, we're ingesting it, it. We're inhaling it. We're rubbing it all over our, our bodies. bodies. Bath bombs are big mm -hmm. now, so we're just soaking, soaking it. it. Our pores are sucking this stuff up. you yeah. got to know what you're taking. So what is being mixed with the bath bomb? Yep. Also needing to know, because <clears throat> if you're using these bath bombs, they can't be... Uh, essential oils are huge, too, because this is also, yeah. in, in consideration... Um, the cannabis is also an essential oil in a way. Well, that it's what a fruit we found. Right. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of cannabis, if you need it and you're in the Arizona any area anywhere, come on down to Tumbleweeds. If you have a medical condition and proper paperwork for these conditions, PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, a chronic or a debilitating disease or a medical condition, or just the treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition if it causes cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including those characteristic of epilepsy, severe or persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of multiple sclerosis. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Uh, you can check out tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. You can even email thctucson at gmail.com. All right. Um, hold on a moment. We are getting ready for our guests here. And if you want to, uh, when you go to uh, tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, go to the radio section, click on the first picture there. It'll take you to the, um, it'll take you to the radio show. You can blog with us if you just, I think you only have to put your name and an email in and then you can start blogging and asking questions over the internet if that's what you like to do. If you're driving, please just listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, don't blog and drive, right? No blogging yeah. and driving. Don't blog and drive. That's, that's dangerous stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's do a little introduction here um, for our next guest. Uh, about, and... I'm, I hope I say this all right. I hope I pronounce your name correctly. I'm sorry. Araz Fatah? I don't know. Um, but he is the author and the founder of Consciousness Research Institute. Um, he was born in, Araz was born in Jerusalem, Israel, to an Orthodox Jewish family. His father immigrated to Israel from Iraq and his mother from Yemen. Uh, Araz 
uh, in turn immigrated to the United States at the age of 23, detaching from his culture and traditions in search of his destiny. Mm -hmm. Uh And he was first introduced to marijuana at the age of 35. Wow, mm-hmm. kind of later yeah. in life, yeah. Uh, and his fascination with the altering substance was instantaneous, and he was determined to figure out what was changing his perception of time and space. Love it. Three years later, he decided to quit his successful career in corporate America and dedicate his time to his research. So everyone, please welcome Mr. Araz to talk. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, how are you today? Good, and yourself? I'm doing really well. I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. Well, Thank you for having me. Right. <laughs> Close enough. Let's put it this way. It's been butchered worse. Uh, well, it's let's Eris. Eris, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, Eris. yes. Okay, we'll go yeah, with that. That's, uh, hence, the, hence the A-E, because A-E in French is A, so Eris. Eris, okay. that's much easier. A lot yeah. easier. Well, so thank you so much for finding our show, and thank you so much for coming on. This is exciting. We're really excited to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You guys said quite a few things that uh, were very interesting, and um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to share with your listeners. And uh, I wanted to first ask, can you hear me well? Yes, this is perfect. Our little radio system cut out, but we've got you. Can are you? Are you? Can you hear us? I can hear you, although when you introduced yourself in the beginning, um, it was a little muffled with the music, so I want to know that I pronounce your names correctly. How do I refer to you guys? Oh, we're Bell Star and the Cannabis Kid. Um, the Cannabis Kid and yes. Star? And you just call me Bell. Bell. Oh, I love it. Yes. Okay, Bell. I was yes. about to call you Kim because of the email, but okay. So good morning, and thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then um, 35, that's kind of late in life. I thought I was a late bloomer at 21, almost 21, getting into cannabis. But tell us about yourself and and, uh, your journey. It it sounds amazing. You know, um, I often wonder if I would be where I am today if I had used marijuana as a kid. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. the first experience is the most important. And my, you know, I I was so afraid of altering substances um, all those years, and I really didn't want to impact the way my mind operates. And um, I don't know, there was something in me that just wanted to, to give it a shot. And when I did, finally, when my wife convinced me and said, oh, just stop talking about it, just do it, you know, <laughs> um, I was just like analyzing it to death, right? And she was just like, just shut up or do it, right? So I decided <laughs> to do it. And once I did, it was just like, what happened? You know, I'm a very uh, abstract analyzer. I'm a, I'm a thinker. And... Uh, I just wanted to know. And so I was like, okay, I got to do it again. Of course, I had to wait till the next weekend because I was working in corporate America and I didn't want to impact my, um, you know, my, uh, my work. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was just so random. The effect was so random and I couldn't quite mm-hmm. know how I'm going to be the next day. And so I oh. wanted to, you know, I wanted to really explore. And so I, w- I was doing it on weekends and, after about three years, I just decided, I started to see a pattern 
in the way my mind was being altered and a pattern in the way that, you know, other people around me were being altered. I would ask them questions like, hey, what happens in your mind's eye to the imagery in your mind's eye? Or what happens to your memory? I would ask them questions and then, you know, two, three minutes later, I would ask them the same question to see if they remembered that they answered it a few minutes before. Right. And then over time, I started noticing that there's actually a pattern in the way we change, in the way our thoughts are shifting. And so I knew that I had something here, but I needed to test it a little bit more uh, systematically, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And so I quit my job, and I dedicated the last six years for this research. And um, over time, I started realizing that the common denominator that the anchor um, on which, you know, with which the time thinks is actually time. And so you guys were mentioning in the beginning of the show that when we drive, you know, we, when we go somewhere, time can pass really fast or really slow. Mm-hmm. So we know that time is uh, a variable. You know, we don't always perceive time to be the same. Mm-hmm. And yet, can we change it? Can we change our, our, uh, our perception of time ourselves? What controls our perception of time. Is it voluntary or is it involuntary? Well, we know when we're having fun, time flies by. But we also know Hmm. that when, you know, uh, let's say we, God forbid, we're waiting for the emergency services, time crawls, Mm. right? So something happens in our mind. And yet time itself, you know, you guys were saying that time itself is a human invention. Well, is Mm -hmm. it? The division to 24 hours is human, but time itself is defined by the cosmic pattern of our solar system. Right. You know, it takes the same amount of time for us to revolve around the sun. So time itself is anchored in mm-hmm. our psyche, in, in our perception of reality, in a very specific way. Ask anybody who can track time well, and they'll tell you that they can do it as long as they're light. If you lock them in a room close them, and there's been experiments to show that, close them in a room and there's no sunlight, they lose their perception of time. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so over time, I started seeing that some people track time better than others, and some people absolutely cannot track time, like me. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a particular spectrum here. And the beautiful thing about marijuana is that marijuana shifts our perception of time temporarily and still allows us to process reality in a way that allowed someone like me, for example, or anyone else for that matter who wants to investigate their mind, what changed in our perception of of time? And then as a result, what changed in our perception of space? What changed in our memory? What changed in our mind's eye, in our inner dialogue, our mind's ear? And so marijuana became the tool with which me as a metaphysicist was able to do research never before done. That's how beautiful mm. marijuana is. Hmm. Wow. I love that. So <laughs> your very first experience, I, I just want to ask about that real quick. It was so <laughs> mind changing. I mean, it was so altering for you. I can still remember mine. I didn't think anything happened until I went into the restaurant. And then I was like, whoa, what's happening? And everything was, 
the food was better, company was better, everything's better. I don't even and I don't even know how long we were there. It could have been twenty minutes or twenty hours. I don't even remember. But what was your first experience that just made you go, Hey, I really need to do this again? The reason I was laughing is because I was trying to get stoned. I was trying to get high <laughs> for a year before it actually was a success, right? Because, you know, for those of us who uh, were late bloomers, like you said, we know that um, there is a um, – if there is a resistance, if there's an inner resistance, we're not going to get high. There's going to be some kind of a block in us. Uh, that's going to prevent us from being altered. And I know that from various experiments that I've done with other people. We have to be open. It's sort of like uh, falling in love. You have to believe that it's possible for, for you to, and, and to want it to happen for you to, to experience that. So for a year, I'm talking about it, and I'm you know, trying to do it. And then um, my wife and I moved to Spokane, Washington. Now, it's not legal yet. And yet we meet this couple of friends, and her her husband grows, and he he's like, I'll take care of you, right? And we go there, and everybody is above me, administering and telling me, do this, do that, inhale more. And I'm taking another hit and another hit. Mm. And after five huge hits, and I'm coughing, I mean, uh, I'm just coughing uh, like you wouldn't believe. And at some point, I'm like, I, I, I can't get stoned. I mean, it's just not me. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, and then the woman, the woman friend comes to me and says, Erez, it's okay. If anything happens, you can sleep here tonight. You're safe. And she touches my shoulder. And I'm a, forgive me, I'm a neurotic Jew. You know, I'm full of anxiety all the time. Us Jews, I mean, we're so anxious. When we, when we feel calm, it makes us anxious. We don't know what that feeling is, right? We're just, that's how we are. And, you know, the second she said it, I started feeling calmness spreading in my, in my body. And I hear, as if from a distance, she's saying to my wife, she's saying, hey, do you want to go see the backyard? And my wife says, yes, and I'm just following them, and I'm not knowing what to do. Suddenly, I, I feel like my mind is not quite responding and that there's a delay in the manner with which I think and the time that I actually process my thoughts. And I'm thinking about the fact that there's a delay, but then I forget the fact that I thought about it and can't quite catch up. And already I was processing things abstractly, Right. But I couldn't quite hold the thought, right? And so right. I go after them, and I'm trying to say something, and then I catch that I'm embarrassed. I caught that I was embarrassed to admit that I wasn't in control of, my, of, of myself. And I, I managed to say something like, I think it's impacting me. And then suddenly everybody's like, finally, and they walk me in. And then, of course, all five hits hit me hard. Yeah, and I just became so high that I remember one specific, I mean, for hours, I was just out of it, you know, it's psychedelic zone. And I remember one experience that really rooted itself in me. My wife was handing me a glass of water so I can drink, and my fingers literally went through the glass. I couldn't hold it. And I knew in that moment that I had to investigate what happened. 
Now, of course, mm-hmm. I'm describing a significantly, you know, uh, extreme experience, and right. I'm talking psych- psychedelic zone for um, people who tried mushrooms or LSD or DMT. They know that you know it's it's that zone here in the institute, the Consciousness Research Institute. We have a a, um, a scale called the scale of highness, and um, the scale of highness says. You know, it's one to five. One, eh, not quite enough. I want to, you know, I need to be a little more high. Two is like, oh, a nice high. You can even be social, and most people would not know you're high. Three is like, oh, I'm definitely having some kind of an impair of mental abilities. I don't want to be socializing with people I don't know, but it's a nice high. Four is entering psychedelic zone and a little bit, you know, anxiety and paranoia if you are uninitiated. And five is... You're, you're dysfunctional. And so this was that, but the experience was so significant that it's, it, it just it etched itself in my mind. And when I came home, I, I just started writing everything down, and I said to myself, I, 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 was, I, was, uh, I grew up, you, you mentioned, in an Orthodox family, but I, I escaped it. I was an atheist. I was, uh, um, you know, just believe in nothing beyond what I see. And I had to figure out, what happened there? Because it rattled my entire belief system that there's no more to life than what we see. That was my first experience. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, the whole thing is amazing. And it just made me think of another question for you, the level of highness. Um, so we work with a lot of elderly patients. And a lot, they have been so, their their brains have been inundated with, this is bad for you, this is bad for you, you shouldn't do this, you're going to get high, and the high is bad for you. And I try to explain to them, um, it, you know, the high is different for everybody, but we're, we're trying to find a way to explain to them, um, to explain the high in such a way it doesn't scare them. What What would you say to somebody that, really wants this plant but doesn't want to be afraid in it because you talk about anxiety a lot and that's a lot that's one of the issues people are trying to get away from so they use the plant as an anti-anxiety but it it can create that as well but i think a lot of it is in people's minds Mm -hmm. (laughs) intended, because like you said if you believe that something can happen then it can you know um and a lot of these people believe they're going to like you know, run down the street naked because they're high or something silly, you know? Well, it was almost like when your friend, she touched you on the shoulder and she she almost gave you a, like, it's okay. Permission. Permission for you to let down your guard to allow this medicine to work or yeah. this, you know. It, yeah. it, was, it was really interesting yeah. on how you needed to hear it from somebody and else and feel it. It was kinetic yeah, at that point. Yeah, in touch. Yeah. 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 So how, how this would you explain is, somebody so it wouldn't scare them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so here's the deal. We're afraid of what we don't know. And mm-hmm. as a collective, yeah, and as a collective, we, we don't know exactly how THC, and I'm going to focus on THC here because CBD is right. very different, 
um, and my uh, my research has been focused on THC. But as a collective, we don't know what THC does to the mind, and so we created words that are very abstract and very scary because what an, an abstract word is a word that we all interpret differently, right? Mm-hmm. If we say, "Hey, what is consciousness?" Well, ask ten people, you get twenty answers. It's an abstract <laughs> term. What is the mind, right? So on and so forth. So what is a high? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to get stoned? Ask 10 people. Again, you'll get 20 different answers. So to the elderly, I say the following. We are just starting to realize, to understand what marijuana does to the mind. And the goal of Consciousness Research Institute is to exactly define what constitute a high? Why? What changes in our perception of time and space when we are getting high? And what we're realizing is that it's all rooted in our perception of time. The perception of time is the hidden spectrum of the mind. So let's put marijuana aside for a second and ask ourselves and ask you, the elderly, who might be happening to be listening to this show, what is different in your mind now from when you're now and when you were a kid. Now you're going to notice that the vast majority of the elderly speak slower. You, a lot of uh, older people are going to tell you, my mind is not what it used to be. It's a lot slower. Yeah. Now yeah. some older people are still very sharp. And then we say, oh, my God, she, she's sharp <clears throat> as a tick, right? And mm-hmm. you'll notice that a lot of people who suffer from Alzheimer's, if, which is a common form of dementia, are actually, some of them, not all, but some of them are actually very sharp. And when you talk to them, they answer so fast, you know, and you're like, whoa, you know, they're very sharp. They just don't remember a few things. And so Mm. we know that there is a direct relationship between time and our perception of time and the way, A, we speak, B, the way we remember things, C, the way we process thought. And so the essence of time polarization theory, which is the theory uh, published by my theory, uh, uh, published by Consciousness Research Institute, says the following. There is a direct relationship between our perception of time and the speed of what it's called our voluntary thought. Now, what does that Hmm. mean? There's two types of thoughts. If you really pay attention, and it's easier to do on sativa than on indica, and there's a reason for that. But if you really pay pay attention to what's happening in your mind, you're going to notice that there's two types of thoughts. And maybe we can talk about that later, but I want to focus on the answer to your question. The voluntary thought is the thought that is logical and sequential. Uh, I'm thinking about making a soup, and I need to go to the store. What else do I need? Or maybe you're analyzing, uh, oh, how do I solve this problem? You know, oh, I need to get more money or whatever. You're thinking about it, and so it's logical. And you're leading. It's voluntary. There's something you want, and you're leading the thought yourself. The speed of the voluntary thought is changing as our time perception of changing is changing. So, for example, when you're waiting for, God forbid, for the ambulance, your thought is racing at speeds that you wouldn't believe, and so time slows down. And when your thought slows down, like, for example, when we meditate, we're extremely present in our body. Time slows down, boom. Uh, 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 Thought slows down, 
time goes faster. So there's a reverse relationship between the speed of the voluntary thought and our perception of time. And so when we get older, our voluntary thought goes slower, time goes mm. faster, okay? Mm. And we know that the older we get, time goes faster. Not only uh, uh, physically sometimes, but also metaphorically. Oh, we have mm. less time. The less time mm. we have in life, oh my God, time flies by. When we're kids, we're mm. so present. We don't think about time. Time, oh, I have all the time in the world. I'm young. <laughs> and so I'll tell the elderly the following. Marijuana changes, if, of course, it's psychoactive. I'm not talking about uh, necessarily pure CBD. That's, there, there's something else to, uh, uh, to describe there. But if you're ingesting marijuana that is psychoactive, all you're doing is temporarily changing your perception of time. Every other symptom is a result of that. For example, the acuteness of the senses goes up because you have more time to mentally process your voluntary and involuntary senses in, any, in every given unit of time. And so as long as you don't overdose yourself, uh, you have nothing to worry about. And even if you overdose yourself, the worst that can happen, and that's the beauty about marijuana, that's why the plant is so safe relatively to other altering substances like coffee or sugar even, the mm-hmm. beauty about marijuana is that even if you overdose, the push, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to be on the couch like I was, and you're not going to know what's happening around you because you're not going to be able to process reality, but it's temporary. And the chances for that happening is extremely slim, especially if you're so afraid of it because you're going to try a little here and there. And so um, I don't know if that's, if that kind of cuts it for everybody, but I would say this, the second, especially if you're a smarty, someone who thinks about these things, the second you try and you know that your time perception of change and you know that every other symptom is a result of that, you're going to feel a lot calmer and you're going to know that no matter what, unfortunately, if you're older, you're mind is going to go back to that same relative speed that it was before you ingested. So if anything, marijuana can help you feel younger for a little bit of time. And this is why Alzheimer patients sometimes, and I emphasize sometimes, can be helped by marijuana because Mm -hmm. memory is a function of how much we remember in time backwards when it comes to our pattern of thought. And so if you change your perception of time, you can potentially remember more or less depending on what you smoke and depending on your mental polarity. But now I'm digging another hole and I'm not going to go there unless you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I have a billion questions in the middle of all this, but you talked about Smarties. Um, How did you come up with the term Smarties and Wiseys and tell everybody about what you're talking about if they don't know, if they haven't read a little bit about you? What, this is uh, wonderful, wonderful questions. Thank you. Thank you uh, for not only uh, knowing what to ask, but also to taking the time to read some of the stuff uh, by the Research Institute and, you know, really understanding um, what this is about. So how could it be? I'm going to answer by asking a question first. How could mm. it be 
that marijuana impacts one person in a particular manner and the other person completely reversed. How is it that a substance that is helping someone with anxiety can cause a panic attack to someone else? How is it that marijuana can cause short-term memory loss and yet can help with dementia? Something doesn't make sense. Ah, it makes perfect sense if we realize that the mind is polarized, that because the anchor, the hidden anchor of the mind is time, we realize that there's some people that on a regular basis, by default, experience time to be faster than what it is, and some people experience time to be slower than what it is. So um, I'm going to answer you. Uh, your question, um, first I'm going to answer the question, what is Smarties and Wiseys? Now I'm going to explain how we, uh, I came up with the term. Smarties are people who usually perceive time to be slower than how it really passes. We know that time is a constant. We know exactly that, you know, Einstein told us that, right? Uh, time passes, you know, there's, there's a constant of the speed of light and all our measurement of time is based on that, which means, in other words, that Time itself is passing as fast as it's passing. It's only our perception of how fast it passes that changes. So if I perceive on a regular basis time to be slower than it is, that means that, I, um, that I'm, I'm usually never on time. I'm going to be more likely to run late. I'm going to be more likely to lose my, my, myself in time. I'm just not good at tracking time. Those people we call smarties. Why? Because we already said that our time perception relates to our speed of voluntary thoughts. These people who don't track time well, these people who are always behind time, are people who think a lot, are our mental focus, our conscious focus is in our minds, not in our body. That's why the geek are meek. <laughs> they're mental, right? I mean, they're always in their minds. And so mm-hmm. they're not really focused in the body. My wife is a yoga teacher. She's always in her body. She's like, send the energy to the toes. I'm like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Feel your toes. Feel your toes. I'm like, okay, I'm touching my toes. She's like, no, no, don't touch them with your hands. Feel them. I'm like, I can't. Well, if I smoke indica, if I smoke indica strain, I can feel my toes. Why? Because indica takes my conscious perceptions down to the body. My perception of time um, speeds up. I lose my my thought, I lose my presence in thought, and I become present in the experience. Now, I'm a smarty, so my point of origin is different. If a wisey smokes, the impact to the mind is going to be sometimes reversed or sometimes simply different. Why? Because a wisey is a person who's um, time perception is usually faster than time itself. It's people that are always in a hurry, people who always get stuff done, people who are always like, time is, you know, time is of its essence, let's get this done, right? These people usually have their, um, their uh, focus of consciousness in the body, and usually their thoughts, it's not like they're slow thinkers. They're very fast thinkers, but usually uh, they use you know, um, a different part of the mind that it's the involuntary mind is faster, the mind of the imagery. But 
what happens to these people for the, when they smoke sativa, for example, they, their, their conscious perception moves to the mind and something shifts in the way they think. Okay? Now, you give the same strain of marijuana to a smarty and a wisey, you're going to get two completely different uh, experiences. <laughs> yep. Why? Because, for example, if I'm with my wife and my mind is already racy, as I said, I'm, I'm an anxious Jew, right? And we both <laughs> smoke a very high sativa, like super lemon haze, which is a 1090 on uh, 10% indica and 90% sativa estimated. My mind is going to race so fast, I'm going to literally lose connection with my body to the point that my wife will describe that I'm walking around the room and my arms are flailing and, you know, I'm, I'm just not noticing how I'm behaving and my mind goes so fast, so I start speaking super fast and so on and so forth. Her, because usually she's so, she has to do something, she has to move around, she has to act, suddenly she can sit on the couch and actually talk to me about abstract things. I describe oh. my work, and when she's on sativa, she gets it. She uh -huh. gets it, right? When I smoke, check this out. You're going to get a kick out of what I'm about to say, and I am kid you not. When I smoke a heavy indica, I cannot understand what I wrote in my book. Why? Oh. Because no. wow. I cannot understand. The difference in thought, in speed of voluntary thought, changes the way we process language. And this is one of the biggest pieces of the discovery uh, around time polarization theory. The faster our voluntary thought, the more abstract our thinking becomes. And the slower our voluntary thought, the more concrete it becomes. I can sit right now, and right now I'm unaltered. I can sit right now and read a very concrete story about the life of Matisse and how he learned how to draw because of his disease and you know, all, all that stuff. I will remember nothing because I'm an abstract thinker. My mind, I have a permanent dementia of the concrete. I don't remember names. I don't remember dates. It's just the way I am. We all have some form of dementia. We just simply don't know it, right? But when I smoke a heavy indica, I can't read my research. But if I read that article, not only I will be present and engaged, I will remember it. And so smarties and wiseies, two different time perceptions. Now, how did I come up with the term? That was a journey of two and a half years. In the beginning, I would walk around and I would have these marijuana parties and people would come and I would talk to them like I'm talking to you right now. But I would do it so abstractly, I would say something like, well, uh, it seems to me that your mind is uh, femininely polarized. Or I would say, oh, you're uh, positively electromagnetically polarized. And they would look at me as if I'm crazy and say, oh, you know, we don't understand what you're saying, but what should I smoke? I'm like, how do you want to feel? And, you know, I would match them with the strain. And over time, I realized that I have to find different names for it, names that would be logical, but also that people would relate to them in a way that they're not going to be feeling as if I'm giving them a name that they don't like. Well, everybody likes to be smart. Everybody yep. likes to be wise. And the truth yep. is that smarties are not always wise. And wiseies are not always smart. Now, everybody can be both, but, you know, and so the, uh, I ended up translating the term from Hebrew. In Hebrew, we have the words chokhmah and binah, 
Chokhmah means to be smart. Bina means to be wise. And Chokhmah and Bina, when I studied the uh, structure and mechanism of the mind using Hebrew metaphysics, these are the terms used. And I said to myself, okay, I'm just going to use the original terms that my ancestors have wow. created, those same terms that I've escaped, of course, because I grew up in Orthodox Jew. I studied that stuff when I was a kid without knowing that I'm studying the structure of the mind. I just studied it as these you know, abstract, metaphoric terms, right? And I was like, oh, that's what they meant. Even my rabbis, when I was a kid, did not realize that Chochmah and Binah, they're talking about the mind. And then everything started falling into place, smarties and wiseies. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I, I am loving all of this right now this is so fantastic. much. We're here for hours. Oh, Oh, so what do you say for the kids with ADHD? Um, most people are putting them on sativas because it kind of clashes or counteracts what they're already going through. Is that is that what you would do? Like they're already not grounded. How would you ground that? How would mm, or person, not even a child? Not even a child, just there's some adults with what, and ADHD, you know, is just a term, you know, I feel like for people that have a whole lot of energy, and I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but talk to us about that, because that's, a lot of people use this for that. Thank you. Um it depends on the polarity. I'm going to use a, a, a term that by now I think both of you will get what I mean as well as the listeners. It depends on the polarity of the HD. Uh, HD uh, see, I'm dyslexic. It's hard for me to say that word. I have to slow mm-hmm. my mind down in order to say HD. I have to actually write it down to say it. It's fascinating. Um, we all have some forms of dyslexia and some forms of um, mild autism we just don't know it because we're so used to ourselves um so i ha- i literally have to write it to say it hd uh, deficit uh, uh, um say it again for me so a- i can write it a d h d a d h d thank yes. you mhm h d um i'm an ephantasiac an ephantasiac is someone who's blind in their mind's eye okay uh, this is an important piece of the puzzle. Now, what does it mean to be blind in your mind's eye? And it relates directly to ADHD. See, now I'm looking at the word, and then I can say it. To be blind in your mind's eye means that no matter what, you see no imagery in your mind's eye. Nothing. Mm. Uh, when you think of an apple, you, most of us see an apple in our mind's eye. We don't talk about it because we, we don't think to talk about it. We don't usually think about thinking. But if you start asking people about what they see in their mind's eye when they think of an apple, you're going to get dozens of different answers. Some people see the apple as vividly as daytime. Some people see only a contour of an apple. Some people see, see the apple like a Monet, it's sort of like blurry behind a smoke screen, so on and so forth. In other words, there's a spectrum to the amount of light with which we see. The more light, the more colors. 
I see in blindness. I'm not the only one. There's about 5 to 6% of the population. And anybody who's interested in understanding more, search for research by Adam Zeman from the University of Essex in Britain, who in 2015 published, you know, made up the word aphantasia, which, uh, and, and, you know, told the world for the first time that some people do not see in their mind's eye. And he realized that because someone had a tumor and had the tumor removed and lost his ability to see in his mind's eye. Now, why am I telling you all this when you're asking me about ADHD? Hmm. I'm telling you this because different, based on the amount of light with which you think, you're going to process reality differently. And if you have ADHD which is just a term doctors invented to describe, scientists invented to describe a mental condition that we yet do not know how to explain and understand why it happens, um, depends on how much light the kid is using to think. The manner of treatment using medical marijuana should be different. Why? The more light you have, that means that you are controlled by the involuntary mind. For example, a kid who has a lot of imagination. Some kids are simply, uh, let's take a step back and explain ADHD. ADHD is not an issue. It's not a problem. It's simply a condition where the mind is alert and does a lot in the same time, okay? The mind of our children, the mind of the newer generations are much faster, notice we're going back to time, than the minds of the elderly. Every generation, and it seems to be accelerating, every generation thinks faster. We process a lot more. I mean, just look at the speed with which these kids are getting what took us adults so long to get when it comes to the Internet, when it comes Mm -hmm. to technology. Every generation thinks faster. 150 years ago, we couldn't even digest the idea that there's a subconscious. And look at us now. Okay? We're smarter. We're also wiser. And so something is shifting in the minds of the kids. And yet education stays the same, and we expect all those kids to be uh, um, dealing with reality the same way their teachers did. And so they're sitting in class, and they're super bored because their mind is racing at speeds that uh, us adults can't even understand, and they're bored. They're literally bored. And so what happens when the mind is bored? It goes elsewhere. And hence, we have attention deficit disorder. We have a hard time focusing our attention on the subject at hand. Let me tell you, give me any kid with a, uh, see, I, I put the note down, now I can't say it again, ADHD, put, take any kid with ADHD, and I will find a subject that they like, and voila, yeah. ADHD disappears. It's yeah. a matter of focus and attention. It's a matter of interest. It's a matter of caring. And so now we're going to talk about the two types of ADHD. Some kids are ruled by the involuntary mind. The mind is polarized like a magnet. There is an involuntary side and a voluntary side. The more involuntary, the more mental imagery or mental sensations, if you're blind like me, mental sensations rule you. People like me are ruled by their voluntary mind, which means they're always thinking about reality like a storyteller is thinking about something that he sees. And so if the kid is a smarty, I would say that sativa will not be good for them. 
sometimes, sometimes it will allow them to focus the thought if they feel anxiety, but let's assume that the kid does not feel anxiety, simply has an attention deficit, and I'm not going to say disorder because the kid is just fine. It's just the right. order with which their mind works, but they have an attention deficit in a particular situation. For that kid, Indica would be perfect a little bit. Why? Because the involuntary mind is going to slow down, allowing them to be more present in the experience. Now, for a kid that is a YZ, giving them indica is not good at all. In fact, if you take a kid that is a super YZ, that is their imagination is just, no matter what the teacher says, they're just like envisioning uh, cartoons in their mind and they're building stories. And who knows, one day they might become a famous cartoon you know, uh, person, whatever, right? If you give them indica, you're giving more control to their involuntary mind. Too much control for the involuntary mind equals schizophrenia. What is schizophrenia? Schizophrenia is the loss of, of the voluntary thought. We lose the ability to tell the story ourselves. The involuntary mind takes over. It starts creating imagery and or sound in our mind that is out of our control. We don't want to do that. And so it's important to know the, the, the mental polarity, the conscious polarity of the kid involved in the ADHD in order to know what marijuana will be helpful. It's the same with PTSD. Uh, just a few days ago, I'm working uh, uh, here in the Consciousness Research Institute on a new podcast called Decoding Cannabis, in which interviewing people while they're smoking marijuana in order to understand what's happening in their mind, right? And so I had a soldier, we're recording the pilots right now, and I had a soldier from Israel who has PTSD. What is PTSD? PTSD, forgive me, I had to drink water. Um, <laughs> PTSD is when the involuntary mind involuntarily brings back sounds and images from the battle or from whatever experience that you've experienced that you wanted to forget. And yet the subconscious mind says, no, 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 no. You can't forget it. You know, you have to deal with it. And so it brings it back. And so for that kind of a person, obviously they love sativa usually because sativa <laughs> helps them guide the thought themselves. And, um, you know, if they, but, but then, you know, too much sativa, they can't sleep because sativa will cause you insomnia because you cannot sleep when your voluntary mind is racing. You can't sleep and think at the same time. It's an impossibility. And so they smoke a lot of indica. And so they are literally falling into a pattern of a pendulum between the two and become uh, dependent on marijuana in many of these cases. So what I'm trying to kind of send, uh, the message I'm trying to send in this long answer to your very potent question is that the second we realize that the hidden uh, spectrum of the mind is time, and the second we understand how marijuana works, all mental unease falls into form. And we realize that they're all different names for the imbalance of sort between the voluntary and the involuntary mind. I hope I've answered your question and given you some other questions to ask as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Our minds are racing. Our minds are racing, <laughs> yes. 
it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot of information, and there's a lot to digest. And the the response that you guys are describing happens all the time when I speak to people, and they always want to know more because it is so logical and it's so self-evident. And you know why? Because when it comes to the mind, we were all created in one image. It's a very... Um, you know, a theological expression. We all know it from Christianity, right? We're all created in one image. What does that mean? Well, theology, you know, before religion, and I don't know if you're religious or not, it does not matter, but theology used to be the science of the psyche. And all mm. these stories in theology describe how the mind works. I don't care what Western tradition or Eastern you will take. I can show you that the old stories are actually a metaphor for the way the mind works. The yin and the yang, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, so on and so forth. And hence, when we hear it from someone else, it's so self-evident because we know, oh my God, that's how I feel. That's how my mind is, you know. I'll give you another nugget that people love. And I know we, uh, I don't know how long, I know we're getting into the end of the show, but it's a really cool nugget. If you're married, at home, smarties tend to fall in love with wisies and vice versa. Why? Because we fall in love with the opposite mental polarity. We want to learn something from them. Okay? It's like two sides of a magnet come together. Boom, right? Take two pluses, two minuses. They reject each other. But opposites attract. We know that. Now, my wife, the wisey, goes in and says, hey, Ares, how long do you need? I say, oh, I need about five minutes. She said, okay, after five minutes, she comes back. Now, remember, she's a wisey. She tracks time and very accurately. Uh, she says, well, you said five minutes. You're not ready. And I said, well, I meant it as a figure of speech. Well, <laughs> she means it literally. Wiseys and smarties not only track time differently, but they also, there are language. And we haven't talked a lot about language here, but language is very important. Our language is different. Smarties tend to be, when, they, when we speak literally, let's just talk about literal speech because there's literal and figurative speech, two different types of speech. But when we're literal, smarties tend to be abstract and mm-hmm. wisees tend to be literal. So when yeah. I say five minutes, she takes it literally. And then she says, then she becomes figurative. She says, oh, you're never on time. But <laughs> this up, when smarties hear figurative, they become literal. And so I right. said, what are you talking about? Yesterday I was there on time, and last week, too, I start counting the time that I was on time because I take <laughs> what you just said literally. <laughs> and so the vast majority of arguments and the vast majority of human conflict, even between Arabs and Jews, I can take a conversation between Arab and Jew and show you that the same happens. We think we speak the same language, and yet we don't. There's two different tracks, smarties and wisies. That's why it's so important. And so what you're ultimately saying is we should just smoke a hybrid of sativa and indica and deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish it was that simple, right? Right? I I will say this. It can definitely help. Um, when, when I have couples come over, I have a lot of couples come over, they want like a session together to in order to understand each other better using marijuana. And I match them with a particular strain. It's usually a hybrid and it's, I usually choose a strain. I let them choose usually actually. Um, but I guide them towards strains that's going to allow their language to join in a particular point in time. That is during the session. And I show them 
how suddenly they understand each other differently. In fact, I just wrote an article about it, and for those interested in uh, reading it uh, and to read what happens in a session like that, they can go to um, CRIORG, that's C-R-I-O-R-G.institute, and click on articles at the top and choose an article. I think it's called uh, Same Language, uh, Different Speech or something like that. I can't remember what I called it. And read what happens in such a session and see how we can learn to speak with each other the same language using marijuana and how marijuana can bridge differences between uh, people who have a communication problem. Mm. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, using cannabis to connect more. Um, we had Dr. Lester Grinspoon on, and, and his category that, that he and Carl Sagan used cannabis for, they called it enhancement, which I thought was just wonderful, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, yes, given and using it, first of all, understanding yourself and then using it appropriately, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's right. just really, really right. amazing. We have so enjoyed having you on the show. We are and just right now at nine o'clock. Right. We'd love to have you back. <laughs> yes, and absolutely. Talk about more fun things we about the mind more and questions. perception and time and yeah. cannabis. You'll definitely be hearing from us. <laughs> Gladly. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for reaching out. We really appreciate it. And seriously, we'll have you on again because there's just so much more to talk about. Oh. And we wish you all the best, and we'll check out your institute. And I posted on our blog um, uh, your uh, CRI, um, what is it, org.institute for everyone to see. And do you have a Facebook page, too? Yes. In fact, we just started a Facebook page called How Marijuana Works. Just look for How Marijuana Works. Uh, It's a brand-new page. We started two days ago. Um, and on that page, we will post all this information um, about how marijuana works, as well as inviting soon people, all marijuana users, to participate in the first outside of academia experiment to prove how marijuana changes the mind. If academia needs to wait for legalization, it's never going to happen. I say we do it ourselves. So join that Facebook page, How Marijuana Works. If you go to howmarijuanaworks.com, that's the, the the best link to remember. Uh, you're gonna get oh. to the right place. Okay, awesome. We will do that. And keep us posted. We'll get. Do you have? Can the followers go on your uh, website and and put an email in and follow you and get updates and stuff? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. And we just found your page on Facebook, and we'll post that also for our bloggers out there. And Eris, thank you again so much for coming on. We really have enjoyed the show. And we look so forward to having you back on again and staying in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the work you do. This is holy work. People need to know that marijuana can help them. There's so many people out there who need it and yet do not have safe and legal access to it. And so let's work together. The more we understand how it works, the, the faster and safer we can legalize it. Oh, Amen. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have an awesome Weed Day Wednesday, and we will talk to you sometime later. <laughs> yes, sometime later. <laughs> I, w- I would love to come back. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. You too. All right. Oh, Thank you God. so much, everybody. That was amazing, and uh, it's gotten chill. us right up to Idaho. There, there are just so many more questions to ask, and, ooh, and he gets a good hint. You can't hear him. There you go.
seeing the Wednesday Wednesday, everybody. Thank you, Ares. What an awesome interview. Um, we can't wait to have him back on. His sites and pages are all over our Facebook, so you can definitely check that out. Um, I know you're all out there thinking, which one are you, a smarty or a wisey? Wisey. And <laughs> And, you know, you could be both. You, you could, could be, be both. both. You could. Bella so. and I were just kind of going, you know, both of those kind of affect us in different ways. Could be yeah. some tequilas that do some other things to us, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. So, um, it's so. always very interesting on how this medicine works in our brain because it is such a volatile mm-hmm. You know that when we ingest it, it goes through all of our, uh, you know, digestive system. It goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. Kid and everybody out there, Susie's sister, we didn't get to say hi to Grand Island. Have an awesome day, and remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. educate.